You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by my co-host, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, Brian, uh, first off, obviously, how are you doing today? Second, uh, were you able to get me any restaurant recommendations for my trip to Jacksonville this weekend? What time's the flight tomorrow? One? Oh, Brian, two, two. So I've got you. Okay, got, yeah, I swear I, I've got hours. so many connections. <laughs> I got so many. I, maybe I could do it while we're doing the show. I can I can reach out to downtown Jacksonville. Bobby, I'm working on trying to get five hundred million dollars so I could buy part of the Washington Commanders. Is what I'm trying. Oh, to do. you you you. So are, I've been, yeah, I've been working on getting that five hundred million dollars. So to uh, for to to, to to give to the Snyder's, maybe I could get part of the Commanders, you know, and and kind of do that. That's, <laughs> that's what a, I've been working. On. So yeah, let me right now. I will I will text I will text somebody uh, that I know and love in Jacksonville. And give me some downtown recommendations, right? That's 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 it, man. Uh, so All I right. got to ask you now. Now that you've made the joke about buying the Commanders, I, I haven't need- made the joke, Bobby. I'm going to buy part of the Commanders. <laughs> well, good. That's good. Once you buy the Commanders, then here's here's my question: part Who- of the Commanders, not all the Commanders. Let, let's say commanders. let's say you buy a controlling interest in the Commanders. I don't think they'll sell you controlling interest. I think, but, they're if, only but if you, you they need five hundred million right now, I've got a hypo- I've got a hypothetical for you though. Let's say Brian- I hire myself. Absolutely not. No, you came. I not hire myself. You you no. came into a team. Who are some Who are some people? Whether oh, wow. they be whether they be people you've worked with in the past or people you think deserve a shot to get an NFL job, like who are some people you'd hire? Like I know you would offer Dane Brugler a job. Yeah, I would. I think that with Dane Brugler and I would uh, Dane to me seems like a very good. Um, like I'm not going to say because your director of player personnel is a guy that you know knows like the, the player personnel guys college and pro. 
I think I would focus Dane on on just like director of college. College uh, scouting coordinator, maybe? College scouting, yeah. Or maybe even make him like a national scout, you know, that kind of thing. I think if I brought a if I brought a, like a general manager guy in there, I'm kind of thinking who I would bring in as that guy because I think there's some really very talented uh, guys and gals around the league that uh, that I think that uh, that do a good job. I have to give that some thought, but I I would definitely look at Dane for that role of director of college scouting, maybe national scout to where he could go all across the country and kind of uh, over the top uh, some of these uh, some of these guys. I think I'll tell you who I, I'll tell you now. I think about it. I think I would hire Elliot Wolf. Uh, oh was, yeah, uh, Elliot and I. I mean, it's a great question because I mean, I'm now some names are starting to pop in my head. <laughs> but Elliot Wolf's father, Ron Wolf, hired me. Uh, you know, jeez. Uh, 32 years ago, it was, it was my, it was December 12th, 1991 is when Ron Wolf hired me in green Bay. His son, Elliot is a, is a outstanding player personnel guy works with the um, works with the New England Patriots. Now. Yeah. yeah. Steve Sabo is another guy who's currently a buddy of mine. He's in Jacksonville, which is really funny. I haven't got to talk to him because of Jacksonville and all that going on. But very talented college scout is doing pro personnel stuff with the Jags now. So yeah, I I swear I could come up with some really 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 good names of guys, some good young guys, some go getters. Uh, you know that that could that could do this job. That's, I think so, I would so, look at, that's what we need to do this offseason. When we get into the offseason, we need to have. Ryan Broaddus's hypothetical scouting staff, and and we'll we'll put you together your 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 guys and and your no. group. So you, yeah, I mean, there's like Scott McLuhan. I know Scotty has oh, done. Scotty God. was a, Scotty was a GM at or director of football ops for the for the Commanders. Scott uh, the GM. You know, and yeah, and they just they ran him out of town, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, why? Because Bruce Allen ran him out of town. Right. We all know about what's going on with Bruce Allen. But there's some super, super talented guys and gals out there you absolutely take a run at. So speaking of, you mentioned uh, the Jaguars there a little bit. There is a football game going on this weekend. Uh, a pretty a pretty good football team, actually. Um, I think probably better than the the five and eight record says. They've been in some games Ooh. that they've ended out losing. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is a this is closer to a. You, you, what you see on the field looks like around a 500, maybe slightly above 500 football team, I think. Uh, so, Brian, let's dive into this Jaguars team. Uh, I'll let you just kind of take the floor with your uh, your initial thoughts about this game on Sunday where the Cowboys might be able to take advantage of some things, where the Cowboys might be vulnerable uh, against uh, what the Jaguars do. In fact, I'll lead off with this. Just my first impression, Brian, and I'll, I'll let you flesh it out from here. Uh I'm a little concerned about what this passing attack might be able to do against a a vulnerable Cowboys secondary that's been missing some guys. I, I you know Zay Jones, uh, you know uh, Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones. Oh. By the way, fun fact: I'm sure you know this, but some others may not. Uh, the son of former Cowboys linebacker Robert Jones. That's his kid. East Carolina uh, Mighty Pirate. Yes, indeed. So, uh, Brian, your your thoughts specifically on this Jaguars passing attack and how it might stress the Cowboys. 
I, one of my dear friends is, is your head coach there in Jacksonville and Doug Peterson. And I, I have the utmost respect for Doug and where he's, you know, what he's done throughout his career. He worked with Andy Reid, won a Super Bowl in Philly. I, I think that you look at the Jaguars, they're a completely different team with him. Now, they've had some bad losses. They haven't really put some stuff together, but they've had some good wins along the way, too. Sure. And so I, I think that what Doug, what Doug has done is that he's, he's taken the opportunity to try and add a little bit of some little wrinkles not just go massive big swings, you know, at his offense and his, and his quarterback. He is like, he is the, he's the one guy that to me, he's taken the quarterback and he's figured it out with him. You know, he's taken him and, and, and looked at him in a way of like, okay, I can't let this kid throw an interception. It messes him up. I can't let him turn over the ball. I can't let him get beat up. I got to, I got to do things that he can do. I got to build on these things on a weekly basis. And I think that's what Doug's done. And I think that that's what the Cowboys in this game this weekend, I could see Doug very well looking at things he knew about when, you know, when you go back and look at, you know, uh, Dan Quinn, maybe a history with Dan Quinn that he had or something he knew about Dan Quinn. But you could also look at the tape. You could see the Green Bay tape. You know, you could see what the Texans did. Last week, the Texans felt the only shot they had to win that game last week was to play with a quarterback that can run and a quarterback that can throw, you know, wow. and, and and shuttle them in and out of the game. And I thought they had a really, really good game plan. You know, uh, you look at what maybe, uh, you know, the Eagles and what they were able to do against the Cowboys. I know that was a while back, the Giants a while back, but, you know, you could, Doug's really good at picking out one or two things that he feels like that he could take advantage of and that's where you mentioned about the receivers and about the cornerbacks and things like that with yeah. the Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I, I could see, I could see him trying to match up with, with, uh, with uh, Christian Kirk on people, Zay Jones. I could see that uh, Evan Ingram. I could see that even though the Cowboys have done a great job of covering tight ends, Evan Ingram looks like a different player than what he looked from when he was with the Giants. Yeah. He looks like a completely different player. He looks like he looks like the guy we all thought he could be. Flexed out, slot, wing, whatever you want to do. You know, waggle, naked boots, all that stuff that that we we kind of you kind of expected Evan Ingram. I mean, downfield player, cross the field player, catches the football, great with run after catch. You know, they've got some pieces on this offense, you know, offensively. And the quarterback, like I said, I mean, play action, uh, the stuff that they've been able to do out of the shotgun. ATN hasn't really run the ball all that well here the last couple of weeks. But it's funny how ATN, when he has success, they don't win games. You know, it's when it's when the quarterback has success that all of a sudden they figure out how to win some games. So right. this will be a tough test for Dallas because it's going to be about discipline. It's going to be about a head coach that is going to figure out ways to attack you. Now, whether he could pull it off, I know for a fact that they are more worried about Micah Parsons than they are worried about uh, Dak Prescott. Now, we'll see if it plays out that way, but there are some concerns on that Jacksonville team about what Micah Parsons brings to this football, this football game.
Well, let's talk specifically about Micah Parsons because, you know, the last couple of weeks he's been a little absent um, and it's been two games that the Cowboys have kind of struggled in. Um, but he has just one quarterback hit in the last two weeks, kind of taken out of his game a little bit. Does this strike you as a game where he can have success? Is this a good matchup for him, you think, this Jacksonville game? Yeah, I think that to me, when you when you watch Jacksonville play, and there's clearly, you know, and we'll see. I didn't see an injury report today, Bobby. What's up with uh, with Walker? Did you see an injury report today? With Walker's been dealing with an ankle uh, yeah. the entire time. Yeah, let me see what the actual where they I have didn't see him a report. At. He him is listed. And, and, he's listed as questionable. Okay, well, but, but probably, I think he's playing. Probably plan on him playing. Okay, if he didn't play, they were going to have problems with the pass rush. I think you know. Josh Allen, I think, is a good player for them, okay? I really, really like Josh Allen as a player. I liked him coming out of Kentucky when they drafted him. But Walker is a difference maker rushing the passer, in my opinion, because they move him around, hand down, stand up. You know, he's a little bit like Micah Parsons. We saw that with him at Georgia last year. You know, he is he's one of those kids that he can get the corner, he can redirect, he can work under guys, you know, Let's see how limited he is in this game. But they're going to need him. But this secondary for Jacksonville gives up some yards. They will give up some yards. They will give up some plays. So now the problem you run into is for for them, for Jacksonville, is with the receivers, and we've seen CeeDee Lamb and Gallup and others have some success. You know, the tight ends have some success. That's going to be a hard cover for those guys. But the one thing that Jacksonville will do is their secondary will knock you unconscious if they can. And I say that with with Andre Sisco and guys like that. They've got some guys that will hit back there. So Cowboys had, you know, going across the middle, running her, you know, down the field. Be ready for these guys, Jenkins and those guys punching at balls, trying to knock you out, knock the ball loose and all that. Because that's really how they that's how they're going to get turnovers. That's how they're going to stay in the game. Because they do give up some plays when it comes to down the field passing game, and teams have had some success running the football on them as well. Usually, when you play with that kind of physicality, there there's two ways that the teams uh, can be described with that type of physicality. I feel like there's there's playing under control; it's a a controlled physicality, and then there's some some reckless physicality that that yeah. can lead to. Big plays. Uh, yeah. Is Jacksonville's more a, a sort of reckless uh, physicality that, that makes them susceptible or, or do they just do they, they hit hard and they take chances, you know, jabbing at the ball and it's largely under control. Yeah. I think, I think they're, they're, they're more of the take to take control, kind of keep in control. I mean, I, I I'll say this though. I watched Kansas city, you know, I watched them play against the lions and then I watched this last game that they that they just had, and I was kind of like, I uh, I against Tennessee. I was impressed with how they played with against Tennessee, even though Tennessee was one of these teams with their running game and all that, the physicality what they play with. I thought they matched Tennessee really well, and then exceeded Detroit. I didn't think they they matched that at all. I didn't think like that they were. If they didn't look ready to play, they looked like that. Maybe Detroit's a good team right now. If you don't, if you don't match Detroit's physicality, they can make you look bad. Detroit sure can take into the playoffs. They, yeah. they might. So and then Detroit, 
I mean, they Detroit did a great job of throwing the ball. I mean, they running the ball, throwing the ball, really balanced, really good job. They defensively, they were really good. I watched the Kansas City game. Here's Jacksonville opening play of the game, onside kick. You know, to start the game, they go onside kick to start the game, and now you're going, oh geez, here you're playing one of those teams. You know, that's willing to do anything that they have to do. But Kansas City, and we know Kansas City can run the football. Kansas City can throw the ball down the field. They can throw drags and things like that. It was a problem for Jacksonville to have to deal with all that. It really, really was. But, you know, I should have watched the Philadelphia game. Jacksonville was up 14-0, and then that thing kind of fell apart for them a little bit in, in that game. So they've been capable all year long of playing well, but they've also had those moments, too, where they've looked really, really bad. I can see the Cowboys trying to take advantage of some of the things in the secondary they block the front, and all of a sudden now it's Dak throwing the ball with guys that are kind of running open because of the way that Jacksonville's playing their scheme. Curious for this one. I, I know you believe this will be a tough game, uh, and it, I think it will too. I think there will be a little bit of back and forth, and it's a game certainly I think I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville even won it. I've got a 28-24 Cowboys victory here, a game I think the Cowboys largely win in the air. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of feel like, Bobby, you're going along the right path as far as a close game. I think both defenses are going to be under attack in this game. You know, I think it's going to be, can somebody get that one or two stops in the second half? You know, Dallas has done a good job last week against the Texans, only giving up three points. Ball, you know, interception, sudden change, having to defend off the goal line. I've got Dallas winning this game. I do agree with you about and you can say this about any game. Oh, oh, they could win or they could lose. I think this is one of those games where they could win or they could lose. I do have Dallas winning this game. I have it big. I have it 35-31. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game by both teams. I just what defense is going to be able to get that stop? And it might not be the final stop, but it might be the stop at the four-minute mark that allows that allows the other team you know, allows that the team that got the stop to get into a four-minute offense and try and kill the game. Dallas 35, Jacksonville 31. With such a high-scoring game and assuming that's going to be coming with a lot of the passing attack, do you anticipate yeah. Monday morning where we're, we've got a fan base that's feeling a little better about Dak Prescott's play? I think that the fan base should feel great about getting into the playoffs and beating a team that is – Jacksonville knows that they're not going to have their home crowd. I mean, they know that Dallas is going to take over the stadium. They know that. This is a big game for them, too. You know, they feel like that Tennessee is on their way down, you know, and they feel like that maybe they can they can win this thing out and then find a way to get into the playoffs and by winning uh, the winning the AFC South. So this is a huge game. I know for a fact the people in Jacksonville are, are – I keep saying I know for a fact because I know a lot of people down there. But I know that they they are really – they're anxious to see how their team is going to play. They also believe, though, that Dallas kind of caught a little bit of like uh, last week of maybe overlooking Houston yeah. in that football game. They don't think that's going to happen. And they're, they're like, listen, they're going to watch our tape. They're going to see some things they can attack us with. But they're also going to see some things that we can attack them with as well. You know, they feel like they're a pretty good football team going the right direction here since about week nine. If you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, like 1,300 yards passing, 
quarterback rating, I think, of a 111. They've done some really, really good things uh, here recently with uh, him playing quarterback. It should be uh, a fascinating game. Uh, and, and really quickly, before we wrap up this segment, Brian, uh, you, you remember uh, the, the last game the Cowboys played in Jacksonville? Uh, 2006. And it was the debut of who? Uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. First game, Terrell Owens. That's how long it's been. Was that David Gerrard at quarterback for uh, Jacksonville? I think it was Leftwich because there's a photo that's been going around this week of Leftwich and T.O. in a Cowboys uniform taking a picture after the game. Um, but, but either way, uh, that, that'll tell you how long it's been since the Cowboys have played in Jacksonville. The last time Cowboys played in Jacksonville, Tony Romo had never started a game. I don't think he'd ever gotten yeah. into a game. Um, yeah. by that point it was Drew Bledsoe and, uh, Terrell Owens, uh, hooking up for a late touchdown to make that one 24, 17. I think they ultimately lost at 31, 17. Uh, but it's been a minute. It's been a while. All right. You ready real quick. As we close this off, oh, I'm going to give you the restaurants. It. Give it ready? to me. Yep. Okay. There's a place called Calford. C-O-W-F-O-R-D, Calford Chop House. Bread and Board is another one. Black Sheep is in a place called in Riverside. And then there's B&B in San Marco, uh, Tavera in San Marco, place called Rue, R-U-E in San Marco, Matthews in San Marco were the names I've got. So, all right, I'm marking, I'm, mark, I'm marking these down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll have to figure out which one. I'll send you, I'll send you the text. There I'll we go. The te- there, there we go. The All right, <laughs> you're listening to the Love of the Star pa- podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can catch it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian, uh, we got to talk about this controversy slash non-controversy about Micah Parsons. Before we do that, I need to remind everybody about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I got to tell you, uh, me and Brian have loved seeing you guys send us all the pictures Absolutely, of you hanging out yeah. at Boomer Jacks, all the stuff you're getting, telling us all about it. Uh, and, and the day I got to recommend for you guys, there's two days in particular. I think you should go if you're looking for the right day to go to Boomer Jacks. It's Tuesday or Wednesday because Tuesday it's half price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week as well. They got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's ice cold beer, wall to wall TVs. And I know when you hear me say wall to wall TVs, you think I'm saying, and there's a lot of TVs. No, I mean, literally wall-to-wall TVs. There's like yeah. hardly any space on the walls. They got TVs in the bathroom. It's a wonderful experience. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. And I know, Brian, uh, you enjoyed, uh, we, we all enjoyed getting to meet everybody out at Boomerjacks. Yeah, I love Boomerjacks. And, you know, with the college bowl season now kicking off, 
you know, if you're in town, whatever, go check them out, man. They will have all the games on. And we're starting to get the point to the NFL season where, man, these games are meaning a lot. So uh, go check out our buddies at Boomer Jacks. Great food, really super friendly staff, and all the TVs you want to handle. I ran up quite a bill there a couple weeks ago, and it's not because it's expensive. It's because I just loved hanging out with all the people there at Boomer Jacks and spending all my money on on having drinks with y'all. So, Brian, let's talk about this Micah Parsons situation. Micah Parsons, of course, got in trouble. Everybody's seen the comments at this point. Uh, He went on Von Miller's podcast and had basically asked the question, you know, all right, is 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 Jalen Hurts really the MVP? Is it all about Jalen Hurts, you know, really carrying this team? Or is this the team kind of carrying Jalen Hurts? Uh, Micah, of course, stirred up a little bit of a firestorm. Philadelphia is getting all worked up about it. Eagles players are, are trying to. I got to address something really quick, Brian. And you just tell me if this is the norm for NFL teams and it's just accepted this way. What I hated was. Jalen Hurts came out there said, we're focused on the Chicago Bears. Jordan Mailata got a little more animated, said, we're focused on the Chicago Bears. That's fine. I don't mind that. But when Nick Sirianni got asked about it, he just lied and said, I, I, I haven't seen the comments. I, I, I'm sure I'll see them next week. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're really focused on the Chicago Bears. It's like, OK, you're a liar because everybody in your team is clearly on message that we're focused on the Chicago Bears, which means you've given them how you want them to talk about it. And you have seen it. Why lie about that? Why not just say you did see it, but you're focused on the Chicago Bears? Why do you have to lie and say, I didn't even see it? Brian, is that just the standard for coaches to say, well, I didn't even see it? Yeah, that's just the standard. That is the standard. You know, trust me, Nick Sirianni is one of those guys that probably is the guy, when they talk about bulletin board material back in the day, used to physically have to cut newspaper clippings. I remember back, back in the 80s, that as a uh, working at LSU, that we had two boards and we got every paper from every like Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Oxford, you know, uh, I mean everywhere, Gainesville, Florida, you know, Starkville, Mississippi. I physically had to cut like articles out of the paper and we posted them up on a board. Is what we did. So like when the players walked by. That's where the whole bulletin board thing started. Like idiots like me having to cut out all the stuff back in the day and put it up on the board, you know? And it was every single day going through these newspapers. Every day we took all these descriptions. And so, yeah, it's, they stay no. You know, the questions are asked. They know what's been said. They follow Twitter. There's no way now not to know. You know, there's you can't you can't go away from this. And so, to be honest with you, uh, you know, we had Tank uh, Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence, on our show yesterday, mm-hmm. and he even you know, asked him the question about it, and he said, you know, hey, I had I had a talk with with Mike about it, but his talk to Micah was, I don't want to hear you praising them or tearing them down, either one. Just avoid that stuff, you know. Don't want to hear you saying nice things. Don't want to hear you saying bad things. You know, that's that's kind of the message that Tank had. Tank wants to say we're focused on the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Yeah, exactly. My yeah. my impression, I don't think that Mike has said anything wrong. No, me I mean, I, I don't. I mean, if you listen to him talk, it wasn't like he was saying, listen, Jalen Hurts is only getting by because his wide receivers are outstanding. 
the offensive line. He didn't single him out. You know, he just started talking about, hey, they've got good this and good this and good this and good this. You know, it wasn't like he singled him out and said the guy's a bum or the guy's right. not a good player. He, 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 he went through and said, hey, there's a lot of things that you're absolutely right about, you know, but what quarterback that's any good, you know, doesn't have great players around him or good players around him? Sure. You know, I mean, that that's to me, for the Eagles to get all bent out of shape about it, that's them. You know why they they get bent out of shape? Because they got a head coach that gets bent out of shape. Yes. That's the problem. You have an emotional head coach there, you know, who is taking on the, the mentality of, well, you know what? It's Dallas Philly week, and I'm going to wear a beat Dallas shirt. And, you know, <laughs> you know, Mike McCarthy ain't showing up with a beat Philadelphia or cheesesteaks suck or the Liberty Bell is a fraud. You know, <laughs> he's not saying that. Your coach in Philadelphia is jumping up on a bench and MF and Indianapolis fans for firing Frank Reich. You know, that's why. But see, you have a coach that's into that stuff. Most teams around the league don't have those coaches, but the Philadelphia Eagles does, and he knows that his fan base feeds on that, his players feed on that, and that's why the way they are. When you worked in Philadelphia in, which was 1999, right? 98, yeah. 98. 98. Yeah. Uh, when you were in Philadelphia in 1998 for that year, um, was it really palpable just the hatred towards the Cowboys, yeah. like not, not just with the football team, but in that city. Yeah, I, I told you the story about this, and I and I, maybe you know next week when we get to Philadelphia week. Um, I, I never told anybody I was from Dallas. I just didn't want I didn't want to like be walking to the subway and somebody walking up to me and say, "Hey, Broadus, you that guy's from Dallas," and then all of a sudden kicking my ass. Right. You know? I told people I was from every city in Texas but Dallas. You know, it's not that I'm not proud of Dallas. I just know how those people are. There, there were some super friendly, nice, great people there. Loved working with a lot of people there. But there's a lot of, you know what, a lot of Jack, you know what's there too. Yeah. And and so I, I didn't want to be like, you know, I didn't want to be trying to get to my apartment, walking through the streets and people, you know, get attacked because, you know, I was from Dallas. There's a lot of hatred. A lot of hatred for the for the the fan base here in Dallas, you know, and the and a lot of hatred for the fan base. I think their fan base hates Dallas fans more than the Dallas fans hate the Philly fans. Yes, that make, that yes, make, I agree. The with worst that. thing, the worst thing that happened to here we are Jacksonville week talking about Philly. The worst thing <laughs> we that just happened. Did, we did Jacksonville. This is relevant. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to Cowboy fans was that the Eagles won that Super Bowl. That was the worst thing that happened because it turned into it. The argument used to be, well, huh, where are all your Lombardi trophies? Right. You know? And then Philly turned it into, well, huh, ours was like two years ago. Huh, where's yours? 27 years ago? When's the last time you won a G? You know, that's, that's the worst thing that happened to Cowboy fans. The Philly fans got their Super Bowl and now the Cowboy fans lost that ammunition to go after the Philly fans that way. You know, it's interesting. And we mentioned Jordan Mailata got very upset about it, the way he talked about it. Ross Tucker, I, I've heard, I don't know the comments, but I saw somebody saying 
that Ross Tucker uh, had said there in Philadelphia, he wouldn't be surprised if there'd be some Eagles players that maybe take a jab and a dog pile at Micah or something like that, 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 that they're going to be all worked Ross up. Tucker the, knows better than that. No, he? not, not that he was endorsing it. He just said, he Ross be Tucker's surprised. from Philly. Yeah. Ross Tucker's from Philly. That's yeah. Well, me. I love Ross, but he's from Philly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I can't do his kind of accent. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do it. But I listen to him. He does a great job on. on oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well here, here's, here's the interesting thing. The ESPN FPI, the football playoff indicator or prediction yeah. indicator. I don't remember what it is. Uh, it's a simulation. It's a computer. It's, it's yeah, it's just a computer that simulate makes a thousand simulations and it kicks you out results and, and it tells you things. And so lately the FPI has had Dallas with a better chance to win the Super Bowl than the Eagles yeah. last week. The Eagles, these are some of their quotes when they found out the Cowboys were ahead of them in the FPI. Brandon Graham, F them. Uh, Hassan Reddick, how? How does it make sense? Darius Slay, all we can do is just keep whipping ass. Yeah. yeah. It seems like a very sensitive football team. It is because their head coach is sensitive. Is that, is that sustainable? Can you be that emotional? Coach, he is. He jumped up on but is, the but is that sustainable for he winning worked. to be that emotional? They're twelve and one right now. You got to give them credit for that. I guess, but they got make player, them... Howie Roseman, those guys doing a great job. That's true. Yeah, but but this guy ripped off his belt that's carrying his headset back all pack and whatever, and jumped up on a bench to MF fans. <laughs> that sounds like stuff I do when I'm at the game. You know, like when I was at DallasCowboys.com and turn around and start. MF and the Eagles fans, you know, yeah, yeah. Coaches don't do that. They don't. They get. They go across the field. They shake hands. They give a game ball at the end of the day, and not in front of the camera and all that. They tell their team, "Hey, great job of going out there and getting it done and kicking their ass and being that way." But this is what this guy is. He's a sensitive coach, you know, and he's so, probably going to say, yeah, "Someone will probably play this for him, or whatever," or this, and it'll be like, "Hey, coach, I." You know what? You can criticize me all you want. I got a Super Bowl ring. I've been in this league a long time. You know, so well, then, I've, I I know what a, I know what a sensitive guy in, in it looks like. I and, really really do. and and then he'll and then he'll he'll say, "Well, we're we're focused on the Cowboys. We're yeah. we're we we're not even we're we're, we're focused on the Cowboys." Uh, so here's uh, just to wrap this up before we go to the mailbag here. Uh, I. Personally, don't have a problem with what Michael Parson said. You don't have a problem with my, what no. Michael Parson says. I'll take it a step further. I think further, it was complimentary. I think I'll, it was complimentary to the team. But I'll take it a step further and say I I like the misunderstanding. I like the bickering. There there there. There's been too much because of the salary cap and the changeover. I feel like there's not a lot of carryover for player to player, team to team hatred. It's mostly fan base to fan base that has that hatred. I, I like a little bit that you know you've got a star player who's who's saying something with his chest a little bit and maybe making another star player mad on the other side. It adds juice. They, the one guy that can, you know, can talk to talk and walk the walk is the guy who said it. Yeah. You no, know, those guys could all say, you know, nobody wants to come after Micah Parsons. You didn't hear any of those Eagle players go, who, who was yeah. that? Who said yeah. it's Micah friggin' Parsons who could wreck shop, you know, on your team. If he's pissed off enough, you know, and I think he will be next week, by the way. I, I know. I'm very excited. The Christmas Eve game is one that's very exciting. But first, of course, 
finish business against you gotta, the yeah, you gotta get you gotta win against Jacksonville, get in the playoffs and then go from there absolutely you are listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the stars an odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts all right brian it is now time for our favorite part of the show it is the listener mailbag before we get into that though one more time i need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at love the star boomer jacks and I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. If you're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else. Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. And there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's jump into the uh, Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. Uh, First question here from Mario. I thought the Indianapolis game was an anomaly, but then it happened again versus Houston, not being able to get to the quarterback with the front four. Should we be concerned about having to blitz to create pressure, leaving inexperienced cornerbacks and coverage on the back end? Absolutely. Yes, you should. You know, the thing about it is you were trying to run twists and stuff and you couldn't get guys home. Now the Texans, the Texans have guys, they've had first round picks up front. You know, when you look at the Tunsil with green and then, you know, with the right tackle, you know, they, they've got guys that have been first round players. Have they always played like first round players? No, they haven't. Green is, has struggled a little bit, but the, but the Texans had a clear plan. And I have a feeling that you're going to see Doug Peterson the same way. They're a team that throws screens. They throw it outside to Kirk. They throw screens to the back. You know, the back can catch the ball very well. You have to be ready for those things. There these teams are not going to let you sick their rush or the Cowboys rush on them. Balls coming out quick, slants, things, waggles, anything misdirection, they're not going to let you do this. But, yeah, you should be you should be a little bit concerned. But this is where it, it comes down to. Micah Parsons rushing a lot of snaps against Laramie Tunsil is probably not the best thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Find the guy who needs help or find the guy that's going to get beat down. You know, find the guy that's likely likely going to lose the one-on-one matchup. You know, I, Dan Quinn and those coaches are smart. They they but to me last week, too many times Micah Parsons rushing against Laramie Tunsil. That's not going to get Micah Parsons home. That's just not. So I'm sure that Dan Quinn, he doesn't need me or you or anybody else to tell him how to run his blitz packages or run his uh run his uh, uh scheme. But, man, to me, I am putting Micah Parsons on whoever the worst player is across that line and letting him wreck shop. You know, it's funny. uh, You remember the Chargers game, the first game last year where Micah rushed. First half, he didn't do a lot against Rashawn Slater, and they realized, let's switch it up. Let's put him over on Storm Norton's side. Yeah, As they did that, they had some success. Uh, Similarly along these lines, Daniel Roberts is asking the question, uh, last year, it seemed Micah blitzed from everywhere and was more effective at linebacker when he blitzed yeah. up the middle. This year, it seems he's right defensive end only and doesn't move around as much. 
That's kind of the end of the statement. I think he's saying, like, is is there a solution? That It's interesting. Jerry said on Friday, uh, mentioned some of the A-gap blitzing as, as a way to have success. Micah mentioned on Tuesday, I feel more beaten up this year than I did last year. That's I'm a problem. Rushing that, that's off a, the edge. That's do you, a problem. Do you right think now. they need to move him around more and stand him up at linebacker? And I, I think, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the route I would go right now. I mean – Bobby, I don't remember. Can you tell me when he started wearing a shoulder harness? Why did I just notice just a little bit ago? It's a good question. His, I don't know. I don't I mean, you know, Micah, he's he's really, really, really banged up right now. You know, because you see it. Yeah, he's he's in those collisions and he doesn't, you know, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if he could have some time off, you know, the, before the, you know, before this Philadelphia game. But I have a feeling this is going to be a nip and tuck game and he's going to have to play and he's going to have to do well. He might have to make the one sack or knock a ball down or do something that, that gets him off the field to win. So there's not a lot of time for him to, to recover. And this stuff's going to start coming fast too. You're going to have this game and then a game in six days. And then the next game, you're going to go from Saturday to a Thursday game. And it's not, and then you're dealing with a big old back in Tennessee on a short week. You know, and it's just it's not going to get any easier. And then we'll see the commanders game. What the commanders game going to be for? What's the commanders going to do? They're going to try and run the football. You know, they're going to be physical. This is going to only get tougher for Micah Parsons. So I got to try and find ways to help him uh, with his rush, but also give him a break if I can. You know, it's interesting. I'm counting here, Brian. Uh, if you were to look at, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, of his thirteen highest percentage snap games, ten of them were last year. Yeah, he's only gone over eighty-five percent of the snaps three times this year. In fact, in recent weeks, he's got a couple of ninety-twos. Right? Did Green Bay go ninety-five? Green Bay was, uh, yeah, 95, but in recent weeks, he's been sub 75%, 67%, yeah. 67%, he's, he's 71%. 71%. I think regardless of what they say, and I don't think they've denied it. Nobody's really asked them, is he hurt? But I think you can tell just by the way they're rotating him, he's not healthy right now. No. He's he's hurt, um, and he's playing through it, and he's he's talked a little bit about it, said he's banged up. Well, uh, let's, be, but, let's be, because there's people that probably from the team that listen. We're not saying you're putting hurt people out on the field. No, just okay? normal wear and tear. Wear and tear, he banged up, is a lot different than being hurt. Yeah, he's, I don't think there's he's nothing. Dealing with, he's dealing with soreness right now, that soreness that you get, but you know, you never know. I mean, maybe there's something, but I'm just saying this team, Jim Maurer, Dr. Cooper, Britt Brown, they are not putting hurt players out there to try him. Right, right, right. We're, 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 not, right. We're talking about nothing that would. Ne- necessitate an injury report designation right, just, right. just generally being more sore, sore right now yeah, than yeah. he was last year and he exactly. said that he told yeah. he told von miller i'm more sore right now than i was last year yeah. and and i think that's obvious uh next question here from astute fanatic last obj question i swear but it seems like there needs to be a hard deadline of next wednesday in order to get him on short-term ir to return for playoffs right not necessarily i don't think they need to put him on ir they can carry him if they want um the bigger thing the deadline for me would be more like we talked about this a little bit yesterday you got to get him in here like around monday i think in order to just make sure They're he's running out, out of days yeah for the staff yeah, because I know this from 14 years of working with Britt Brown. He's got schedules for how these guys play. And 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 even with T.Y. Hilton this weekend, 
they're a big ramp-up team. I don't expect T.Y. Hilton or Tyron Smith, or even if T.Y. Hilton's active, I don't know if he is going to be or not. We'll see. But Tyron Smith, those guys, there's a ramp-up period. Right. You know? They're not going to throw Tyron Smith out there for 70 plays. They're not going to do it. They wouldn't do it for T.Y. Hilton if he was playing in this game. It might be 10, 11, 12 plays. That's it. So, yeah, you know, to get this guy able, I'm talking about Odell Beckham, to even get him to the point where he can play, they need these days of working out. He needs to sign on Sunday, be in the building on Monday, and Britt Brown getting the opportunity to lay hands on him then. Next question here from uh, Shoes and Sports. Do you think what Houston defense did versus Dallas will be similar with what Denver did versus them last year? After that Denver game, it seemed teams started to play Cowboys different and it gave them trouble. In other words, Brian, cover did two. the Texans give any sort of a blueprint? No, I'd say played cover two. That's what they did. I mean, they played too deep. Dak got fooled, I think, on the uh, the first interception. I think he thought it was man coverage. The uh, the the nickel didn't drop or didn't go with Schultz on the slant. And so, you know, and he threw the ball and it got knocked in the air. So, no, I mean, it cover two. But let me tell you this. They're playing cover two the whole damn game. The last three minutes of the game, what did they play? They played cover two and they got, they got crushed. They got crushed. Dak's throws, Dak running, Zeke running, Pollard running. They got crushed. They played cover two the whole game. You know, Levy's like, Levy Smith's like, oh, we threw everything at him. No, you played cover two. You played one, you played two, and you played three. You kind of rotated some coverages, and, and that's what you really, really did. So it wasn't anything exotic that Dak hasn't seen. It was a lot of cover two. So, no, I don't think there's any blueprint there at all. Unless you believe that Dak can't read defenses or see very well, and you play what we call clog and cover. Rush four, drop seven. Rush four, drop seven. You know, if you do that all day, you know, maybe that's the maybe that's the blueprint to make Dak Prescott have to read and then try to find where he needs to throw the ball. Kurt Warner with his quarterback confidential this week, uh, after going through that, seemed to suggest, look, part of this is is Dak's reads, but he seemed to put a lot of emphasis on the routes. a lot of it is bad scheme. Oh, yeah. And, and people that believe that yeah. like, like I remember the, do, did you watch the first play of the game? The one where he dumps off to Pollard. Do you yeah. remember that snap? Kurt talked about specifically. He's like, it was, to, it was, to, it was to Zeke. Yeah. 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 Or Zeke. or Kurt, Zeke. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and CD lamb runs this route, like kind of diagonal across the field. They max protected it is what they tried to do. They went for the big time crosser. Route well, well and, and so what, what Kurt's point was, was he said, why is CD running into coverage with that corner dropping back? He's like, why is he yeah. not kind of going, going up the, up scene, the field, more pressing of an arrow the safety, up, yeah. Yeah, and then you're yeah. opening it up for Gallup? Why are you running your receiver into coverage instead of right. making the coverage adjust? No, I, and it's I, a decent I, point. That's one yeah. example of some of the stuff that Kurt was pointing out. Where he's like, what are we doing here, drawing up plays like this? Why are we not trying to get guys out of position? Why are we running into coverage schemes? Yeah. And so a little bit interesting. Last question here from Jay Crowder, not the basketball player. Uh, when fully acclimated, what kind of impact do you think T.Y. Hilton can add to this offense? I think his veteran presence can really add a spark. I'll tell you this. He stretches the field unlike anybody they've really had here in a long time. True. The, st- totally the speed, the way they can stress things. Now, do you trust 
Dak to have that rhythm with a, a true burner? Is, is is there any concern about that? He's never had to to hit anybody down the field like that with that kind of speed. Or do you have any concerns about that? Getting that 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 rhythm down with a speedster. Protect it. Let it fly. They do max protection if it means putting uh, putting him out there, Hilton out there one on one and running past the safety and all that. Max protect that thing and throw it. I think where he's also going to be good is that third and four, third and five, where, you know, all of a sudden you need like that short little quick pass, dump it and let him run that kind of thing. A little quick outs, things yeah. like that. I think that's where he's, he's a really good inside route runner too. and knows how to run against zone coverages, run, sit down, catch the ball, get up the field. Really you, think we'll, all you, you think we'll see any uh, like quick, like uh quick screens, like, have him stand this team back. is so damn awful on screens. And I, I, I know, I know, I know, but isn't it just like a Kellen Moore design to have like trips left and then Hilton takes a step back, catches it, and he's got Gallup and Brown blocking in front of him for him to try and yeah, leave. And, and those guys usually do a pretty good job of blocking, but we've also seen where the timing of their screens have been just god awful. Guys getting blocked into the back who's trying to get out on the screen. Yeah. Their timing for screens has been awful. It really has. Absolutely. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. We will come back again early next week, likely Tuesday morning. Uh, Brian will have had a chance to watch the tape from the Jacksonville game, hopefully a Dallas victory. And we'll look ahead a little bit to the matchup with Philly. Until then, we will talk to you guys later.